All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host, the Denver Desert Dog, projected to finish eighth in the standings from ESPN. But what are they now? Uh, joining me tonight from the Steel Curtain, the defending 2019 champion, Mr. Ed Mitchum. How's it going, Ed? It's going well, Matt. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Anytime, buddy. Uh, also joining us from T-Bag, take your ball and go home. Uh, two-time runner-up, right, Shane? Two-time runner-up, buddy. To the two people on this podcast. Yeah, there you go. Congrats. Can't beat the, just can't beat the big dogs. You're the, uh, I think you're the only two-time anything in this league, because I'm a three-time champ, so. <laughs> uh, that, that is correct, to, uh. Two disappointing finishes. One where I had the better team. One where I had the worst team. <laughs> um, how are you doing tonight? Doing well, man. Great to be here. Excited to be here. It's football's back. Um, excited to get the season started. Not so much with my team, but excited to watch. <laughs> you had the littlest amount of faith of anyone that I knew about this season starting. So. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize there were going to be fans of this game tonight. Yeah, I think there's only a couple, but they were definitely the whole time they said they were going to have limited capacity. Yeah, I think it's them in Dallas. Um, Alright, Shane, you got some trivia for us, and then we'll get into a little draft recap, and we'll preview week one. I do. A little light one here to get the season started. Um, watching Patrick Mahomes play, it made me kind of think of this, so I looked it up. Um, we have a couple couple players in the NFL this year that have won an NFL MVP, one of them playing tonight, Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Um, since the NFL started back in 1957, there have been nine players who have won the NFL MVP twice. A couple guys with a shot this year. Wondering if you guys can name the nine players that have been multiple NFL MVPs. Tom Brady. Tom Brady is one of them. He's he won three times. Uh, you got the other eight, Matt. <laughs> All right. Um, well, if you're gonna say Tom Brady first. You know I need to say Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is correct. He won it four times. I'm sorry, five times. Goddamn Brady Diggs. He's better than Tom Brady. (laughs) Do you have any more, Ed, or are you really out? Dan Marino. Dan Marino only won it once. Wow. Back in 1984. There was a uh, a guy that won it back to back years in the mid nineties. He was also uh, in uh, "There's Something About Mary." That would be Brett that Favre. Is, that is correct. He is the only. It was going to be a follow up at the end, but he is the only player to win it three times in a row. Oh yeah, that's right. One was a co, I think. Ninety seven. Ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven were all Brett Favre. One of those was a co MVP, though, if I'm not mistaken. 
look up. I don't have that here, but it, you might be right. Okay. Um, I don't know if there's any other active players who are two-time MVPs. I don't think there are, because I don't think Drew Brees has ever won one. Um... Another dropped interception from Mahomes there, Ed. He lives on them. Uh, all right, let's let's go with uh, Steve Young. Steve Young's correct. He won twice. Ninety-four and ninety-two. Okay, so we got four so far. Um. Oh, there might be one quarterback that's won two. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers has won two. What do you think, Eddie? The original TV12, did they have MVPs back then? They did have MVPs back then. It started in 1957. The original TV12, however, only won one of them. Mm. Back Probably. in 1978. How about Joe Montagna? Joe Montagna is correct. He won back-to-back MVPs in 89 and 90. Uh, there's gotta be a reason for this question. Uh, no, okay. Really. Just no, this, was just, right. this was just put together right before. Okay. Um, I don't. Uh, Johnny Unitas is a good guess, I think. Johnny Unitas is on the list. He won twice, sixty-seven and sixty-four. Okay. Good pull. So we got six of the nine. Rodgers is the one I'm really struggling with. Um, I don't think he won twice, though. Um, hmm. Kind of want to say Bart Starr. But, yeah, Bart Starr. Bart Starr won one in ah. 1966. Okay. Couple Super Bowl MVPs for him. Yeah. But... Roger well, Stall. Ro- Roger Stallback. Roger Stallback never won the NFL MVP. All right, I'm out. That was pretty surprising. Joe Namath. Joe Namath did not win the NFL MVP. So there's two quarterbacks left on the list. One of them is Aaron Rodgers. Won twice. He won it in 2011 and 2014. Okay. Um, one of them is the only non-quarterback on the list, noted by many as the greatest football player of all time, Jim Brown. He won the first two. Hmm. And then the last one, um, everybody's forgotten man quarterback who played well for about a five-year stretch as good as anyone we've ever seen. Kurt Warner. Oh, yeah. 1999 and 2001. That's a good one. Good question. Kurt Warner, Aaron Rodgers, Jim Brown. All right. 
Um, do you think Mahomes or Lamar joins that list this year? I will say no. I'll take the field against both of them. What do you think, Ed? Um, yeah, the field's the smart bet, but Mahomes has a shot. Mahomes joins the list at some point. Oh, definitely, yeah. Lamar's on his way to the exile. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we are, what, three days from draft day. Yeah, removed from draft day, I should say. Had a nice little efficient three-hour auction draft, um, despite even having three guys remotely on Zoom. Um, I thought it went really well. I thought it was the strangest draft we've had so far in the league. Um, As you're kind of navigating the draft and trying to follow routines and patterns, I felt like players that were worse than players that had gone before them went for more money than the player you know there were, it was really hard to find any trends or any consistency in pricing or what people were doing and I think we should have expected that because we all said that we were ill prepared for this draft due to the circumstances so I, I wanna I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts. I know we've each probably talked privately about it a little bit, but um just your comments on just overall how the day went and what you thought of the draft. Yeah, um I would agree, I thought it was really weird. But I felt like it was tough to get a foothold in. I think the unsung hero in all the weirdness is like the new draft pass trading like some some dudes were loaded some guys were poor and I think that we really felt that and I think my biggest takeaway is it's going to be hard as hell to compete two years in a row unless you get some crazy things done I just I feel like if you sell out to win a title and give that 50 or damn near close to it, I think it's going to be really hard to do things the next year. Yep, couldn't have said any better, Ed. I think we saw the effect that the $50 draft cash limit has on, on a draft because that changed things dramatically. I mean, some guys coming in with 200 Spears with 238 and then you had us three down at the $100 range I mean it just made a huge difference um, the $25 difference eh, it, it, it made an impact but it, it didn't have anything as significant as, as what happened on, on Monday um, I mean I, it was just a significant significant advantage for the, for the teams that had the extra money this year compared to the teams that sold or yeah the teams that, that sold their money away last year to, to make a run um, and, and changed the draft completely. Yeah, the worst thing, <laughs> the worst thing in my opinion is, and I know Eddie kind of felt the same way, I went out and got the players I wanted to get for the most part. I wanted to t- leave with Raheem Mostert. I got the top quarterback on my list for $4, which is crazy to me. Um, 
I got two what I think are decent wide receivers in terms of Tyler Lockett and Zach Ertz, if you would call Zach Ertz a wide receiver. Um, and, I mean, Sanders and Coleman are not really ideal as two players to round out that roster, but I essentially hit on four targets that I wanted to for prices that I wanted to get them for, and I feel like my team stinks. <laughs> So I came in with this like draft plan and executed it basically to a T and I I still don't feel like I can really compete right now with the top teams. I mean I think I'll have a shot this week against Fagley's team. I have some, some higher end projections and stuff, but I know my team's not nearly as good as half the league and that's the frustrating part of it. You can have a plan and execute it to a T and it's either just a bad plan or you know it's just not good enough and I think Eddie had the same thing happen to him yeah there was like I executed the draft at the top of the draft and then there was like never that wall of pricing it was like guys that I wrote down as like my cheap filling guys just that there was, that was never there I don't know. It was weird. I guess there was just more money out there later than usual. But, with, I mean, I don't know. We seemed like record numbers, but somehow there was still all this money. Like, it was just weird. But I, I even leaned over to Shane at one point and said, we're about to see the, you know, everyone just took the break here and everyone saw what they have and we're going to see the overpay around here. And then it felt like it's just like, it went for like three rounds. I thought it was going to be like one round of overpays to get the, the last part of that talent and then it was going to kind of bottom out and it, I didn't feel like it did. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I'm looking through my notes here and I'm not positive, but I feel like we, we, skipped, we skipped a step. I think that's kind of what Ed's referring to. We skipped a step in the draft that we normally take and it was mostly, I think, the wide receivers. Like, usually we see those, I don't want to say, I guess second-tier wide receivers go for the 45 to $50 range, and we didn't see that this no. year. Um, we had Mike Evans go for, what was it, 33? 30, 36. Something like that, 36. Mari Cooper go for 33. Dylan go for 37. Like, Le'Veon Bell, 36. We, we just didn't see those caliber players go for like close to the $50 mark, which I think is what we're accustomed to. Um, it, it was just weird seeing those caliber of players go for such a low amount compared to what we've seen in the past. I think that's kind of what, what made the draft a little, a little weird. Doesn't that area of the draft feel more volatile than ever this year though? Like that, that like grouping of guys you named, I mean, outside like Mike Evans, Mike Evans should be 50 bucks. Yeah. Like, uh, there's a couple in there that you could point out and say that was weird but like then you get like that next tier of guys that are kind of being poo-pooed this year you know the left bells and I mean you're right those guys usually reach 50 but I feel like I feel like maybe more Kool-Aid was drank because there was less to put your own eyes on this year with no preseason yeah, yeah you no. didn't get to see any, any action in the beginning so you didn't really didn't get to see what these players were going to look like um, so maybe maybe that's what it was. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out. I think this was our deepest draft, too. I mean, every every time I'd get in a bid with someone, I'd let it kind of go away for two reasons. Because there was a player on the list that I felt was comparable. 
or because I had zero dollars. Um, so I think that was, that's definitely part of it too. I think we all just kept checking our lists and saying, oh, you know, if I don't get, I'm trying to think of an example here. Um, it kind of happened with me with Tyler Lockett. I, he was like the last available of a, of a group that I was interested in. And I let a couple of receivers go that I liked before him, knowing I had a chance still to get Lockett. So that's, that's just the one that comes to the top of my head there. Or are we just seeing the first of a wave of the Butler effect? <laughs> Everyone knows Butler wants to get every player for 60 bucks, and then it'll be done. So maybe he usually drives the prices up. I, I don't know what it is. It's weird, though. I mean, I'm looking through these numbers, and I don't... Unless I'm missing something, I don't see any players drafted in the... Like, in the 50s. I don't see anyone in the 50s. Chris Godwin. Maybe uh, Chris Godwin, 57. That's the only, that's the only one I'm seeing. Carson. Chris Carson, yeah. Okay, yeah, 52 and 57 back-to-back. Those are the only two that I see. Like, and then literally, I think James Conner, Milo... And, uh, yeah, James Conner is the only one I see in the 40s. So, I mean, like, we, we just missed the 40 and $50 players this year, I feel like. I don't know if that's because, I mean, usually I think that that price tag is, is usually wide receivers in our league. Like, the wide receivers usually go for that range. Um, and maybe it's just because everyone was on the same page thinking that the wide receiver position is pretty deep this year. I think everyone can agree with that. Um Maybe they were, everyone was just thinking, hey, I can get receivers for, that are just about as good for probably a little less than that, so no one was really willing to go that high. I don't know. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know when that, when that kind of came into play with everyone, but... We all kind of decided it the same year, I guess. It was just, it was just strange. It, and I agree, you know, Butler's one that's always bidding people up. Spears was in every bid. Um, but I didn't feel like he wanted to bid people up as much this year because he had so much money. He wanted to kind of use it to make sure he got players. So, I don't know. It was just... It was just different, and I think it's a good segue into talking about Spears because I think it's very clear that he won the draft. Um, That team's loaded, and it's really deep, and he's going to have some tough roster decisions every week. Um, Who else? Uh, Well, you can comment on Spears and let me know who else you guys think did a nice job. Yeah, Spears was loaded. I congratulated him over getting into our cars on his title. Yeah, that, that team is really good. I think um, I was trying to look over him before I got on because I haven't revisited since the draft really. But I thought uh, you said you liked Fegley's, I believe. I think Phil's team's decent. Um, assuming Connor plays more than eight games here, which I don't think he does. Um, and I think. The one that I definitely said, I might have said Fegley at some point, but I don't think I did. I think I said Papa Kaz had a sneaky good draft. You did. I like that. 
someone to show up at receiver there for wide receiver two because I don't know I don't know what you're going to get out of Edelman, but if he gets anything close to Edelman out of Edelman, that's a good team. Yeah, for me, obviously, it's it's Spears. His team is loaded. He came in with all the money, and he did a nice job um, spending it and spending it on the, the players he wanted and filled out a pretty good roster there. I, I think it's easy to see that as of right now, day one, he has probably the best team in the league. Um very deep. I mean, should he has Mari Cooper on his bench, yeah. <laughs> Devontae Parker on his bench. I mean, those are those are players that should be in a starting lineup. Um, for me, though, I, I, I said it at the draft, and I still believe he'll finish 6-7, and seven, but Phil, I feel, think Phil has a good team. I think he has a really good team again. Um, starting off with Henry and Jones, obviously, is a big plus, but I mean, Chark, Evans, Connor, Beckham, and then one of my steals of the draft, I thought, um, Deontay Johnson. Um, I think he got him for four bucks. I think that's egregious. I mean, that's other than Michael Gallup, I think that was probably the steal of the draft. I don't even, was it four or seven? I don't even remember. It was something ridiculous. So, but, but yeah, either way, seven bucks. Um, He's going to disappoint so many people this year. You heard think so? Of- uh, I, I, think, I, I, I think he fucking stinks. I mean, he, he had a pretty fantasy-worthy season last year with absolute garbage back there throwing the ball. Um, Big Ben stays healthy, plays plays a decent amount of games. I, I got to believe that he's going to be a wide receiver two territory. Um, flex play at worst. So, so yeah, I think Phil did a real nice job there, um, like his team. And I like Sure's team. Uh, uh, I think some question marks. Obviously, which mix are we going to get? He kept him for a high price tag. Le'Veon Bell, what are we going to get there? But, I mean, he gets one of the steals of the draft, in my opinion, Michael Gallup for 11 bucks. where just one of those things where it was weird at that point where no one really had a ton of money and he still wasn't thrown. Um, to go along with what he already has with, with Chubb and picks up David Johnson, who's also going to nice start tonight. Uh, I think his team's pretty solid yeah Gronk and Brady are going to be uh, <clears throat> factors for him too but those positions can be easily replaced in the waiver wire so um, I just thought it was interesting how veteran heavy he went in some spots but um, definitely if you can have as many running backs as him Spears and Phil have that's obviously helpful and can make a big difference. Yeah. Uh, I thought uh, I thought Jason navigated his first draft pretty well. He had some money to spend. Um, I think a couple times he got stuck. There was some confusion on J.K. Dobbins that I'm still not really sure what happened. Uh, but I thought for a guy who was in what can be a tough draft room for the first time, I thought he did a good job. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with you. Good addition to the league. I thought he did a pretty nice job. That first draft can be, especially if you're not used to auction drafts, can definitely be, I don't want to say intimidating, but you're just not really sure what the, what the prices are going to be, what you're supposed to spend for people. Um, I thought he did a nice job. Picked up some, some solid players. Goes out and gets Chris Godwin. Um, obviously, he loves Andrews. Um, 
thought twenty dollars was a decent price tag for him. Yeah. Um, little overspend, I I think, in my opinion, on Jonathan Taylor. But I mean, hey, maybe maybe this guy's ends up being being the stud that everyone thinks. Thirty one, I don't know, is a little too much for me. But um, I thought he put together a nice team. That was a weird portion of the draft when Taylor and Swift went for the dollars that they went for. Um, that's when the prices started to get a little uncomfortable for me, and then they kind of came back down. But if I remember correctly, there, there was a string of running backs that went around that time, and uh, Taylor was one of them, and it kind of fell in line with the prices at the moment. He's arguably the best running back prospect in this draft. I mean, yeah. Hilaire fell sure. into a great situation, but Taylor, I think, in measurables, is the guy that everyone's in love with. What were we going to say, Eddie? Montgomery fell into that grouping as well. It was kind of like the last... Yep. Yep. <laughs> what, me looking at... My, Montgomery was on my target list. I wanted to leave a Singletary at Montgomery Acre the hammer running back and I'm sitting there the whole time knowing that Stein had to do everything in his power to get him and that really murdered my receiving core waiting for that I got Montgomery to come out I can't watch Deshaun Watson play football this guy throws the ball with his feet off the ground more than he has him on the ground this dude's stink the Montgomery and Gibson bids I think I want to talk about because you guys were both in the middle of them and they were both gross um, it was the Gibson yeah, one it, got out of control. It was just one of those bids where it's like we got to the point where I needed a running back. Like I had, there was only a couple left, and I just for, got forced into a bad spot where like I needed a running back. And it was, it was like two Rams on a mountain peak, two philosophers, <laughs> one Stein. Stein was there with three running backs left on the board that have a pulse, and he was like, "This is where I struck." I'm up there thinking I want all of the running backs, and these are the last two with the pulse, so I'm trying to leave here with five of them. <laughs> and that's what that's exactly what it was. Yeah, it was just one of those bids where it's like neither of us were really thrilled about getting the player at that price, but it was it was just necessity. And your dad's in the middle of the Gibson bid, so it turned into me and Stein just screaming at the microphone. I don't even know what numbers we were saying. We were just yelling at your <laughs> And Micah, Micah found himself in the middle of that crossfire because he actually ends up with Gibson as his running back, too. And then I believe immediately after that states that he needs to find more draft cash. <laughs> um, and actually, I'm looking at his team for the first time really closely. Um, I thought Jerry Judy was a nice buy. That was good. His team's not bad. I mean... We don't know what Gibson is. If he's half the hype he's getting, that's not a bad team. No. Aaron Rodgers, Austin Eckler, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Cooper Cup, and Higby's got getting a lot of buzz too. So um, if Jerry Judy can fill in that flex two role and if Antonio Gibson, like I said, is half the player the hype is warranting, um, that's a tough team. Yeah. That doesn't meet the meet the running back criteria for winning a championship. I think that Shane wrote one year. 
I wrote that. Thank you, sir. Cause with that. <laughs> That's why I said I think because it was a thought I had. I didn't say it was factual. <laughs> Look at that duck. Oh my god, he's so bad. Come on, man. All right, uh, let's go through the the week one matchups. Uh, if you will notice, I did not change the divisional the order of the divisional matchups this year from last year. I have been a poor commissioner this uh, sixth season of the league, so I left those I left those the same, and just scribbled down an order of names on a notepad at work and uh, fixed the crossover matchups. So, um, I hope I can be forgiven by all of you. I think I've done enough to warrant some goodwill um, over the past couple of years, and hopefully you can put up with what's been a lackadaisical effort so far. It'll get better, I promise. So, let's get into the week. What? Complacency. Yeah, I know. I had a little side business that was keeping me preoccupied for the last several months, so. Alright, let's get into the week one matchups. We'll start off with the Mad Dogs I just mentioned against the St. Louis Patriots. Got Travis Kelsey on the board with a touchdown already. Will Will Fuller with a couple of catches for Papa Kaz. Um, all right, we'll start off with Kenyon Drake, Papakaz's keeper. Chase Edmonds got a lot of late off-season buzz um, right at the end of camp where it was kind of mentioned that he was a must-add. Um, Kenyon Drake kind of fell into a pretty good role in Arizona and made the most of it. Are you at all concerned about Kenyon Drake um, long-term and this week at San Francisco? No. There's no bigger Kenyon Drake supporter on earth than myself. I kick myself nightly for not pushing harder to get him going into the playoffs last year, or going into the trade deadline last year. Um, I love that dude. I think he's really good. I think he just needs a chance. I've been saying it for however many years he's been in the league, all the way back to getting screwed by the Dolphins week in and week out on an awful football team, wouldn't play their best player. I'm excited to watch the dude hopefully play. I don't think he's going to play 16 games. He's going to get dinged up. I don't know if he can handle everything. But if he plays 13 games, I think he's going to be awesome. Yeah, this is just a situation where we have a good football player who was stuck in a shitty situation, and now he finds himself in pretty much an ideal spot. Um, Goes to a, a team where they have a playmaker at quarterback, playmakers at receiver um so he doesn't have to do everything he can just thrive in in what he does and this is just a perfect role for him so expect big things out of drake this weekend this year in general it's a tough matchup doug in san francisco for sure yeah sure yeah but he should get enough touches to warrant um warrant his place in the lineup this week i i don't know i'm i have a little bit of concern I think that team's going to throw the football a ton. And Chase Edmonds was everything that everyone thought Kenyon Drake was for a week or two. And then he got hurt. So if Edmonds doesn't get hurt, we're not even having this conversation. Um, and Edmonds is probably one of the top five keepers in the league last year. So 
I just want to be cautious of that. I mean, in my opinion, I know Adam Gase is a bad coach, but if you can't carve a role out on the Miami Dolphins, I'm not sure you're that good at football. We'll see about this. So, um, I don't know. I'm just cautiously optimistic. I hope it works out for for Papa Kaz. Um, he's had some real snake-bitten keepers the last couple of years, so I'm hoping it works out for him. Uh, looks like his other keeper is a slam dunk to work out for him, though. So, All right, we'll move over to the Mad Dogs. Austin Eckler. Uh, probably, I would say, a top 10 running back play this week at Cincinnati. Um, same kind of question, though, for him. This is his first time as the feature back in a role. Um, I think we're probably all on board choo-choo on the Austin Eckler train this week. But can he sustain this production for a full season uh, to do what he needs to do for Micah? I'm not an Eckler fan. <clears throat> I, I mean, I know he did some good stuff down the stretch, but I always kind of felt like Jackson should have been the guy that got the stuff that didn't play out that way, but I don't know. I'm not in on him for season long. As evidenced by one of my last picks, um, I'm on the same train as Ed. I'm not a believer that Eckler can carry the load for a full season. Um, obviously, a good player, great player, can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, but I'm just not in on him being able to carry a huge workload week in, week out for for 16 weeks. So I think he gets dinked up a little bit. I think uh, we see Justin Jackson or Kelly. It's going to be one of them. Um, really split into his workload a little bit. That being said, Eckler's value is still very high. He's still going to put up some, some big weeks, but um, I, I just can't see this guy being a workhorse, workhorse back for, for a full season. This week, obviously, though, pencil him in your lineup, get him in there in your in your FanDuel lineup. Um, should be a big week. Shane, were you at Phil's on Monday? Did you watch that little promo of Austin Eckler that was on TV? Sure did. Pound my man, for pound, the my man is <laughs> It's definitely not going to be a. It's definitely not going to be a. Is he strong enough to handle the workload? Question. That's that's not a question at all. My man is cut up pretty good. Um, I don't know. I I I like Eckler, and I think the Chargers are a sneaky sneaky team this year. So, kind of kind of in on the Chargers. All right, who wins? Patriots versus Mad Dogs. Uh, Patriots like their team better. I will go with... Give me the Mad Dogs. Sunday night comeback with Cup and Higby. Oh, man. that's That feels bad. You think the Rams are going to score some points Sunday night? Sure do. At home, it's Dallas. Yeah. Should be some points in that game. Okay. I think that's a change of picks. I think I like the Mad Dogs too. All right, I'll take uh, I'll take the Patriots. I'm I'm good with that. So, oh, I don't think that's San Francisco matchup. That's the only reason. Yeah. 
And carry on Johnson in the lineup. Who knows what that's going to be. My did my dad did text me within minutes after the draft asking me if I really wanted to run the two tight end set and that he would take Ertz off my hands if he. So he's <laughs> he's already talking about trades. Um, so it's just incredible that man's gears are always spinning. All right, uh, let's go over. Stay in the division. Let's go to take your ball and go home against the flock. Stein with a chance to christen Jason and welcome him to the league. Uh, we'll start off with Rankin and the flock. Who do you think has the bigger week of the Seattle receivers, DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett? I think uh, Lockett was better long-term last season, but we saw Metcalf break out in the playoffs. Um, That's it. Huh? I'll take the receiver. Oh, that's right. You think Lockett's still a kick returner, my bad. <laughs> uh man. I will take are we talking just this week? Just this week, yep. Mm, just this week. Actually, you know what? I'll take this weekend full season. Give me Metcalf. Nice. Alright. I had a bad buy in the draft. Um, all right, bonus question since that seemed too easy for you guys. Does Mark Andrews score a touchdown this week? Yes. Uh, sh- sure. I watched him all week. I watched him a lot <laughs> last year because I had him in just about everywhere. This guy just runs open down the field. Everywhere, all the time. <laughs> I was just unless Devin Bush is putting the clamps on him. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, if you say no to that question, then you're telling me that you don't think Lamar Jackson is going to throw any touchdowns this week. Because if you predict him to throw any, you have to assume it's going to Andrews. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, he, he's going to get one. All right. What are your expectations for Cam Newton this week? First game back after missing, what was it, the last 14 games of last year. Um, What I would call, I think this is a tough matchup for him against Miami. A coach that's kind of familiar with the New England way. Um, A defense that impressed a little bit towards the end of the year there. Um, and an offense that doesn't really have any weaponry around it. What are your expectations for Skim? Uh, big things? They're not big. Go ahead. I don't think they're big things. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna play inspired football, but I don't think it's gonna be a big statistical things. He's just. I just don't think he's that good anymore. Yeah, I'm expecting big things this week. Um, I'm not positive on the season long, but I'm expecting big things from this week. If there's one thing, in my opinion, I've learned about Cam Newton, if if anything, he's a showman. Um, And he's going to want to come out and prove that he is is a top dog. and um, He's an alpha male, and he's going to want to put up a good showing in his first, first start in New England. I think they'll be prepared, and I think 
he gets at least one rushing touchdown this week. Pencil me in for at least one, possibly two. Will he still peel back the jersey for the Superman logo? I'd imagine he does, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, he does. Um, I have tempered expectations this week, I think. I don't know. I don't think they're going to want to reveal too much in a game that they should win. So, Still saying that the Belichick Patriots play close to the vest. Who wins this game between the Flock and T-Bag? For me, it's the flock. Don't love the Miles Sanders matchup. Washington's got one of the best front sevens in the league defensively. Um, Just feel like the flock have a better team. My team's not very good. (laughs) (laughs) Not even trying to go for a drive. I think it's pretty well known. My team's team's not very good. I'll take the flock, too. It's Like you said, tough Sanders matchup. Montgomery... He was full today, but he's still a little iffy. And then uh, Gasicki and Hunter Renfro don't do it for me, so I'll take the flock as well. Yeah, that, that, that Hunter Renfro won't be won't be in the lineup. It's going to probably be uh, Slayton, but doesn't really change anything. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's the flock, but I think I think it. Might be kind of close for a while. Until Dak takes the field on Sunday night. Yeah. Alright, we'll stay stay in the division. Desert Dogs versus Clan. This was the bane of my existence last year, playing Fegley and Mahomes twice a year. Um, looks like just ho-hum. 17 points at halftime for Mahomes. I hate six-point passing touchdowns. It's one of the worst rules ever. Um, <clears throat> we'll talk about Fegley's team. Uh, well, I think his team's decent. Um, what are your thoughts on Chris Thompson? Is he the guy to own in Jacksonville? I know Eddie and I both put a dollar bid in on uh, James Robinson today. Ed was the one that pulled it out. Um, but I think, As did I. Did you too? Okay. Yeah. Um, Should have went too. But I think I think Thompson's probably the one that everyone likes. Yeah, I think it's hard to quote unquote like any of them in Jacksonville. But I think Thompson's probably the guy right now that to be most excited about. Um, I don't. I just don't know how many. I mean, obviously, Rob, it's looking like Robinson's going to get some carries, but it's just how often is that team going to be winning enough to warrant him getting more than? 10 carries in a game. Um, I don't I don't know the question, the answer to that question, but probably not much. Um, I would think Thompson out of the backfield probably has a little more value. Yeah. It's Thompson right now. I think, uh, I think we should get rid of but I agree with you. It didn't do what it was supposed to do. It was an experimental thing. Like, when we change rules to try and do something and it doesn't do it, we should just go back. But we just seem to never do that. So, like, when $50 doesn't do what it's supposed to do, we should go back. I thought it did do what it was supposed to do. I, I didn't feel like it made a difference. 
Oh, at the deadline. I also don't know what it was supposed to do. Yeah, I don't remember. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Just wanted to argue about something. The the six-point passing touchdowns were supposed to increase quarterback value. Um, Didn't didn't really work. Um, We still see pretty much the same thing that we've seen from the beginning. The $50 spending limit, that discussion is... We need we need ten hours to discuss what the reason for that was. <laughs> it's kind of like the five dollars for keep that was supposed to that was supposed to cripple teams that had three dollar David Johnsons and three dollar Todd Gurley's. That ate very quickly. <laughs> yeah, that take didn't age well, but most of Phil's don't age well, so that's fine. All right, uh, let's talk about my team. Over under 25 points from Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman this week. Over. Over. 25? Yeah. Over. Yeah, I'm good with over. I'm going to need it, so I'll take the over too. I mean, should be able to get that from what's effectively the whole Niners running game, so I'm definitely hoping for it. I'm a little annoyed at this 13.9 from Sammy Watkins on my bench right now, but that's just like playing Russian roulette when you have Sammy Watkins on your team, so. Um, who wins this game between me and Fegley? Uh, it's Fegley because Watson stinks. Yeah, man, I, I wanted to wanted to pull out the, the line in week one, Desert Dogs, because there's no reason not to, but I think there is a reason not to. Um, I think you should get some points from Tyler Boyd. Hunter Henry, should be that, that should be some, some, some nice totals there. Um, like what he's got with Jarvis Landry. Uh, man, with that being said, I'm going to go with Desert Dogs because you have Christian McCaffrey. There's a lot of reasons not to this year, but I'm still going to take the Desert Dogs. So, Yeah, you're going to need Watson to do some stuff here in the second half, but uh, you should be able to clean up and get some, some garbage stuff. Let's hope so. Get a, get a nice start here with Tyreek Hill not doing anything in the first half. So Yeah, I'm sure that will change pretty quickly after you say that. So, <laughs> uh... All right, let's move over to – got about 13 minutes before the recording cuts off, so we got to motor through these last three. Uh, franchise versus Park. Franchise owns uh, three players from the Ravens, so he's obviously going to need a good game from Jackson, Ingram, and Marquise Brown. Um, my question is, can Kareem Hunt hold up as his running back two for the year, or is that going to be a problem for the franchise? Uh, we I don't think we know. I don't think we know what this coaching staff's going to do with that. I think that's a really hard take, but I'm going to go with no, because Chubb's really good. No, he's stupid. I'm going to say yes. Um, I think Kareem Hunt's really, really good, and they're going to find a way to get him the ball. And I think he, I think he cuts into Chubb's value. Even, maybe even more so than he did last year at the end of the year. Um, yeah, I think Kareem Hunt's going to be fine as as an RB, too. 
I agree with you. Clearly, they, clearly they think so as well after the deal they just gave him. Yeah, gave him a two-year deal. that No one really saw that coming. I think everyone anticipated Hunt would get out in the market this year and get paid, but I think we're going to find that he's happy there, and Stefanski's going to find ways to get Hunt and Chubb on the field together, and that's going to be a major problem. Yep. Um, matchup nightmare against the Browns this year with those two guys on the field together. All right, let's uh, talk about Scher's team. Cortland Sutton looking like he may not play this week. Sprained AC joint should be an easy fill. Just slotting Gallup up to replace him. That goes back to what you were talking about, about getting Gallup. That's huge. Um, being able to have that player to kind of move around and help out with yep. wide receiver or running back injuries. Um, but let's talk about Lev Bell. It's been a tumultuous offseason for Lev Bell. Um, do you think, you know, over under 15 touches for him this week at Buffalo? Over. Yeah, it's over for me as well. He's going to have to touch the ball more than that for them to stay in the game. He should um, catch seven. Yep. I'll, yep. Take, I'll take the under on that. I'm out on Lev. Uh, who wins this game between the park and the franchise? Park off to a good start with 13 points from David Johnson at the half. Park in a route. Um, give me the park. I will take the franchise. I think uh, Ravens have a big week. And I like some of the other guys. I like Hunt, like Robinson, like Thielen, and like A.J. Brown. So I'll take the take the franchise in this one. Let's go to the Weevils versus Team Ice Cream. Weevils are the team that goes out and spends and gets Todd Gurley. Does Todd Gurley score this week for the Bull Weevils? No. No? sure does he sure does um, I think that they'll make it a point to get him in the end zone he'll get his opportunities down at the goal line um, yeah Todd gets in I think so too that's the one thing that I think that man still knows how to do and that's score touchdowns and it will kind of buoy his value and what is obviously a, a limited player at this stage of his career not making any bold predictions yet this year. Maybe we'll save that for the next podcast, but watch out for the Falcons this year. That's all I'm saying. Nice. All right, talk about Team Ice Cream. Um, we talked a little bit about Jonathan Taylor. Well, let's talk about, instead of Marlon Mack, let's talk about Danny Dimes. What are your expectations for Danny Dimes on Monday night against the Steelers? The Steelers should have an improved defense uh, this year. It wasn't bad last year, but I just think that team should generally be better and that should help lift the defense a little more. Um, yeah, he'll, he'll struggle, but it'll be good for the season. I think he takes a big step forward this year. Yeah, I was really high on Jones coming into this year. Targeting him in the draft, kind of wanted him pretty bad. But tough matchup to open the year. Pittsburgh, good defense. But Monday night, primetime game, early in the season where no one's really been doing much tackling in 
practices or anything yet, so I don't know how good defenses are going to be coming out of the gate. Um, I expect him to put up a decent night, maybe 15, 16 points, somewhere around there. It's the definitely the benefit of fantasy football. It's kind of uh, lifted everyone's concerns on Daniel Jones, seeing that he can go out there and score points. I don't know if he'll ever be the guy that leads this team to 11, 12 win seasons. Um, but I think they have a guy that will be their quarterback for quite a while because he showed last year he has the ability to move the football and um, establish some of his weapons around him. So I think yep. I think I agree. Jones will have a nice year. It's a good offense. That he should. <clears throat> Who wins Weevils versus Ice Cream? Weevil's favorited to win right now. Uh, I think this is going to be close. Give me... Give me the Weevils. As I said, that Hilaire scores, so give me the sh- ice cream. Huh. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be back and forth. It's going to be a tight one. I'm going to take ice cream, and I think the flexes make the difference. Yep, that's, I was looking at that too. Yeah, Melvin Gordon and Marlon Mack for ice cream. Preston Williams and James White leave something to be desired. I could see A.J. Green getting slotted up there in one of those flex spots. There's been some talk about how he's ready to go. Um, but we all can't leave the draft table saying Troy is the best team and not pick him to win this week, so... I'll take the ice cream as well. Game of the week. We got six minutes. Talk about it. Um, the preseason favorite from ESPN, Seawolves versus last year's defending champion, Steel Curtain. No love lost in this matchup. I think that's safe to say. Uh, we'll start off with the Steel Curtain. Michael Thomas over under 12 catches this week. Jesus. Did it once last year. That's it? Alright, let's go with ten. <laughs> Alright, he did that six times. So I'll take the coach. <laughs> He's getting twelve. Um yeah, this is a pretty juicy matchup coming up uh in the first week of the year. I mean obviously everyone talking about New Orleans, Tampa Bay, and the NFC South this year. Um Opening day, home game. I think Drew Brees and Thomas are going to want to kind of put on a show. But 12 catches is just is a lot for an over-under, so I'll, I'll take the under. I will take over 10. Since that's oh, you said 10. You changed it to 10, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah I think, man, that's, that's, that's a good number. Yeah, I'm taking a push on 10, not 12. Okay. Um Oh, no, Over. Man. Over. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay coming into the Superdome. He might catch 14. Yeah, Tampa Bay secondary still not very good. Um, Drew, yeah, they're going to feed in the rock. Drew might want to just say this is my division. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen these guys square off in the same, uh, same division since the old Purdue-Michigan days. It's been a while. So. <laughs> Let's talk about the Seawolves. Um... 
I want to know how you guys feel about Odell Beckham. Big game this week at Baltimore. Can we expect some things from OBJ this year? Will we continue to see him decline? Um, I think he's a weirdo. Yeah, that's definitely true. Some stuff came out this week. And I think you know that I've never really thought he was that good. So. Yeah, I know you're always down on him, Ed. Um, I'm going to jump back in on him this year. I think he... He wasn't that bad last year. He just didn't score a whole bunch of touchdowns. Still went over 1,000 yards um, for what was just a dismal year for the Browns in, in total. But give me a slight uptick in OBJ. Um, slot him in. You're not slot him in as that top-tier wide receiver one anymore, obviously. But um, pencil him in for, for in that 15 to 20 range wide receiver two. Yeah. I, I think I could see that finishing uh finishing the air on there. I that's a good take, Shane. And I think yeah. that, I think that would also apply to Eddie too. That he's not as good as everyone thinks he is. Off topic conversation, but Hilaire just scored that touchdown and he just got like forty bids on a Hilaire autograph card. Nice. So <laughs> the card market is fickle and it moves quickly. So who wins Curtin versus Seawolves? Uh, I was going. I think my team stinks. I was going down through this today, trying to figure out if I had a chance and what I needed to do. I think it's actually going to be really close all the way down through the tight ends. It gets close in the flex area. I don't know what to expect out of Acres. I have no idea what to do with that. And I hope that they're intelligent enough to just give this young man the ball and watch him do things so I'm going to take myself but I don't love it but I think it's close the whole way down through the lineups until those last two but Crowder could catch enough balls to keep up with Beckham they should be getting murdered single man that game. we're on the same page because I'm looking at this and it, it's kind of comes down to what does Cam Akers do for me like for this week to see if you you stay in this matchup and if Akers puts up a good one I think you're right there um, I think I'm going to take the curtain I think I'm going to take the curtain I like the Seawolves long term I think I'm going to take the curtain take does Evans help? Uh, it's really up in the air it's going to be a game time decision because that's the other swing in this like if he doesn't go or isn't 100% I think it kind of comes back to me because yeah because that much just not in there I mean at that point he slots in probably Deontay Johnson and He's not healthy either. He might not be go either. No, I didn't, I didn't realize that. He's been, dude, like 17 hamstrings ripped off the bones in the last two days. All in the receiving groups. Nobody uh, nobody finds more ways to do less with more than the Seawolves, so I'll take the curtain. <laughs> oh, God damn. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I got to get him while I can. All right, well, we got 25 seconds left, so I was going to ask you each for your hottest take of 2020, but we'll save that for next week. I got one. J.J. Watt is effing back. Oh, this yeah. He's doing Single hand. Things. Disrupting a team that scored 24 points, but he's balling. <laughs> yeah, there's just not much else with him. All right, thanks for yeah. listening. Sorry to kick it, but we're about to end up here. Uh, good luck, everyone, in week one, and we'll talk to you guys next week.